Live and in colour with the Periscope boys, Crouchy, Martin, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Welcome, lads. Welcome to Strive. It's a pleasure. What does Strive mean to you guys? Oh. <laughs> Let's get deep. Because yeah, right, right, Nathan, right the that's exactly what Nathan <laughs> wanted out of this podcast. Yeah, very good question, Miles. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> Someone's going to say it. <laughs> what, what, is it. what does striving mean to you guys? Let's set this up. Let's set this up with a, a bit of substance. What do you reckon? Oh, look, I think for me, it's... <laughs> It's all about like the obvious stuff, isn't it? You know, I think it's whatever you're shooting for as an individual or as a collective. And I know we're going to be talking about partnerships a bit more today, but I, I, I guess for me personally, it's about not just about, I guess, success in, in, in business financially. It's about shooting for the stuff that gets you out of bed each day, the fun stuff, you know, the, the relationships, the partnerships along the way. And the harmonious connection of family and friends and all that stuff around it too. That, that's, that's me, you know. Um, what gets you I, guys out of bed every day? Um, uh, honestly, for me, I think it's about um, the, the, the challenge, the busyness of like kind of what we do. I don't think we make our lives too easy because um, we're always, we like new stuff, you know, and we enjoy doing new stuff and, uh, like, you know, I think Nate's, you know, we, we share a lot of the same characteristics. We we love new ideas, new business vehicles, new brands, new stuff, you know, and, um, you know, I think we, we're lucky enough to have built a reasonably stable and successful business in Periscope, and that's given us a platform, a little bit like you guys, to, to be able to do other stuff, and, you know, so whether it's coffee shops or, you know, investments in seltzer companies or debt companies, you know, we just love the thrill of, of that stuff, and, and that's what gets me out of bed. What um? Tell us about Periscope. What what is it? Tell the people what it is who who, yeah. who don't know about it. Where did it start? What yeah, is it? Yeah, I mean, if you dumb it down, it's something we don't use in our vocabulary anymore. But it's essentially a digital service provider. So we specialize in e-commerce, not by design, just because it's, we've had a lot of success there, and our backgrounds have been that, that way. So we look after web development, design, and branding. A lot of like digital marketing, a lot of performance marketing, um, SEO, and it's a place where a lot of businesses come to us and say, "I want to grow. How can we do it responsibly?" We've got a bit of experience in that, both client side and in, in services side. So, they come to us and want help in growing their business online, and, and we tend to help them that way. So, that's that's one of the things that is in that bow of keeping us up in the, getting us up in the morning. Do you know what I mean? Trying to get out of bed and make things happen, not just for ourselves, but for our clients and other people, our partners as well. Tell us about your backgrounds and what you got you into this field and which eventually led to Periscope. You're older, so maybe you start. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, um, I started my career in, in the UK. I went to uni in Leeds, great city. If you've not visited Leeds, it you is a go great check city. it out. Yeah. Um, and I literally just came out of uni and I was tossing up whether I was to go traveling or not, but I thought, you know what, I'm just going to get stuck straight into it. And I knew I wanted to do something in digital. I knew I loved marketing. Um, I, I felt like I wanted to do something a bit more creative and work with cool brands. You know, back then I was DJing and I was into fashion, a bunch of other stuff. So I was like, I'm going to go and work in a cool agency. And anyway, I didn't, I didn't end up working in a cool agency. I actually ended up in a prison, believe it or not. Um, and... It wasn't because I got sent to prison. A prison as a metaphor no, no, for it. <laughs> believe, believe it or not, I mean, we won't spend too long on this. I actually worked for an agency that had an office inside a prison. Wow. Yeah. 
which was kind of crazy. <laughs> it, it was it was like an award winning agency that did it work with a bunch of incredible clients: T Mobile, uh, Panasonic, Selfridges. Um, but it, they had an, an initiative that they had an, an office inside a prison, and so I, I kind of did that. Um, I was privileged enough to work with some incredible clients for you know the first two years of my career, and then I, I stayed with that company for four years. Um, kept working, you know, albeit not inside the prison, um, doing a bunch of other stuff. Then I moved to a larger, bigger agency, Mediacom, kind of went on that journey, did four years there, became disillusioned with the whole big agency thing. I thought, I'm going to set my own agency up. So I set my own agency up. I did that for kind of three years. And then I thought, i got to get out of the UK. It's too cold and wet, and I want to go live in Australia and go and do loads of cool stuff over there. And... Um, so I saw my shares in that business, came over to Australia, and I pitched up in Brisbane. That's where I met. That's where I met Nath. Um, we both held senior positions in an agency there. I won't spoil Nathan's story. Okay. I did a couple of years there, and then I actually went client side after that. I went and worked. I did four and a half years at Surfstitch.com as the marketing director there. That was kind of pre-IPO. I was part of the leadership team that took the the business through the IPO there. That was super fun, and. Um, you know, like most public companies, it became you know, new board and the drag of reporting to the public market is a pain in the butt. So I decided to pull the pin on that and use that collective skills and experience to set Periscope up. And that was six years ago now. Mm. And here we are, six years later. So cool. What about you, Nate? Yeah, I had a very sort of sort of a similar career trajectory. We did about ten or oh, twelve. You did years. the prison thing? Uh, well, <laughs> not by choice, but <laughs> um, did about ten or twelve years in in like big agency land in Sydney. Um, then moved up and uh, got involved. Had some really inspirational people to work with there and then moved up and got into the um, mobile ad tech space with as, as a startup, which was really, really exciting. And that company blew up. Um, but I just saw other things. So we ended up going client side and reunited with my friend here um, at surfstitch.com and, and um, ended up running performance marketing for a whole bunch of businesses around the globe they had. And then, uh, yeah, when we saw the opportunity to perhaps do our own thing, get back up into that startup mentality, we sort of jumped at it. So, yeah, six years and then here we are. And be remiss not to include within the story Mr. Dane Patterson oh, that, 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 brought, that brought the introduction to the Periscope boys through. So I know I'm going to get him to listen to it so we can hang a bit of shit on him. But the, <laughs> the, fighting, the fighting pride of Mermaid Beach called me up one day and said, hey, yeah, I saw you um, at Adamound, which is the boys' cafe for those playing along. And I was like, oh, what are you doing there? He's like, oh, I've got a debt placer app. It's like I can just get money out of people that aren't paying for shit. I'm like, that actually sounds like a really, really good app. He's like, oh, you should come meet the boys. And I was like, oh, do they? I didn't know that they also owned Periscope plus the cafe. And he's like, funnily enough, they actually sound a lot like you, cafe, marketing, um, other businesses on the go. I was like, fuck, these people sound like psychopaths. No one wants to do <laughs> wants to do that much shit. I have to meet them. And then obviously got the intro from from them. And then, yeah, went from there, so, um, which has been cool. Yeah. So, Sally, share share the news, um, the, the exclusive news about what, what's going on and um, and sort of like where we're taking this, this new relationship. Yeah, so I, I mentioned to Dane, he was obviously chatting to me a lot about Sprout because he just had a kid. He's like, oh, Sprout sounds like it's going really well. I said, it is, but 
me and Miles are too busy with these brands growing, be it Combat and Sprout. And I also said it would be actually nice to get some experience from people that have taken brands globally. And he's, then he mentioned again, the boys have done that. And I was like, who do they look after? And then he showed me. And I was like, fuck, they're obviously really good at this. Um, could I get an introduction? And he just started from there. And then the Periscope, finding out a bit more about what the boys did there on a the digital side, I um, presented that where hype is at the moment, we're looking to evolve as we've actually gone through a podcast previously about evolution and what the next stage would be. The next stage for us was either going to be getting more people on or transitioning into a bigger, better beast. Um, And fortunately enough, the boys at Periscope could see an opportunity there as well with our health and wellness side of the business to combine with their expertise in digital scaling brands globally. And then, yeah, a merger um, starting next year with uh, Periscope or Hyperscope or (laughs) whoever. We've had a lot of nicknames thrown around there, but, um, man, super excited. Um, Not only for the team of Hype to join Periscope, but for our brands to live under the Hyperscope type of business to allow exponential scale because it's something that – you only know what you know. Um, we've done well to get the business to this point. I feel Martin and Nath are the perfect guys to help lead that growth into the next phase. They've done it. Um, so, yeah, super stoked, particularly after working with clients like Culture Kings, LSKD and the likes of that type of stuff can only see great positivity and momentum moving forward into 2023. 100%. Yeah, thanks so much, guys, for... I guess, believing in us and believing in hype and seeing an opportunity there and um, being willing and open to um, work with us and collaborate. I think we're going to have a really, really fun future together. Well, so I think, I think it's been easy to, easy to see the opportunity there, right? I think specialism of, of, of hype and specialism of Periscope, I think those two things work really well together. And I think the, the, the whole is greater than some of its parts. I think there's a lot of opportunity for clients, new and existing, to cross-pollinate, get new ideas out of different skill sets while retaining the the, the theory of why they came to us in the first place. So um, we, th- we think it's perfect and yeah. quite exciting. I see these guys as probably like a – I still see these guys as, as having that scrappy mentality that we do, which I think yeah. is necessary to keep things kind of – keep yourselves motivated and keep things sure. progressing and, and moving forward. But I feel like they're a more m- mature version of yeah. us. <laughs> I will – like we, really we being called mature. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll say that. Well, we've gone through the, the process or the journey and we won't name names of like where we've had people come and approach us about buying the agency and we've just been like, uh, are you guys kind of like us in any type of similar way? And like, as Miles said, we're, we're big on working hard, having good times um, and, and really pushing the limits and getting the best for our clients, not this like pseudo digital slash ROAS means like just abbreviated words that don't really mean something we want tangible results and you also have to vibe with the people that you're looking to go with and met the team um, the boys also have a, digi- uh, a design agency as well with Jay and he's a legend and all the team seem really cool and then I saw Nathan one day not wearing shoes in the agency and I'm like I don't, I don't wear shoes in my agency <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah this, important. this is important things and then I saw that the boys were only eating vegan food as well uh-huh. and I was like everything seems to just be lining up perfectly here so from there it just seemed like a natural natural pathway through something I wanted to point out um, and I think it's easy for us to refer to our businesses as agencies but agency is a word that you guys have chosen to remove from 
the vocabulary of how to describe your guys' business. Yeah, have, yeah. And funnily enough, we did for a long time too. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about that because I know that there's a lot of our clients are business owners um, who run very large businesses and also startups and there are also people considering starting businesses and um, sort of like identifying partners along the way is, is an important thing, um, including sort of like agency partners. Mm-hmm. So why did you guys decide to remove the term agency when you're describing your agency and what yeah. does this all mean to you? Tell yeah, us look, about the industry. I think I think a piece for us is, this is going to sound like we Go are mature it. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the grey hair and all of that. But look, I mean, we, we've been we've been doing digital for, for a while and, um, you know, I think just because we've been doing it for a while, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't really mean anything, does it? Because you can be terrible at that. that. But um, we, we think we've built um, experience and um, and I think what we've tried to create at Periscope is is, is trust with cl- with clients um, and we, we, you know we're talking about partnership today um, I think much of the trust we've built um, and the long-term enterprise level agreements that we've built with clients is, is, is pretty much based on trust and that trust a bit is based on transparency and honesty um, and a bunch of other stuff, right? You've got to be good at what you do and you've got to be able to use the tech and, and, and read the client and, and understand what's happening. But I think that communication and that trust and that honesty is critical in building long-term relationships and, um, you know, that, that whole mentality around win-win. We've just come off the back of Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Um, and, you know, the, lots of the work we do with clients is really quite pressured and it's fundamental to the success of their business. And for us to, to our, our role really is to is to work with them on getting the best success and getting the most profitable success. Nate mentioned at the beginning, you know, about sus- sustainability is a word we use a lot. Um, and that isn't doesn't mean, you know, for, for us, you know, the, the context of that right now isn't around, you know, whether we're being kind to the planet or it's all really important stuff to us too, but um, it's around profitability how can we help businesses scale but scale sustainably um and so lots of the conversation we have around around that are asking questions around margin and indent and stock turn and all of that stuff to really help dial ourselves in into those businesses to help them um succeed in in the right way um they're sort of they're sort of questions that typical marketing agencies don't necessarily ask or 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 care as much about i I would agree with that i mean some some most don't but I guess coming back to, I'm waffling on a bit, but coming back to what you mentioned, Miles, is what we've seen in the landscape is this proliferation of just agencies appearing kind of everywhere with, you know, little experience and promising all this stuff, running a bunch of Instagram ads about 32x return, page one listings and all this stuff. And it's it's really not that helpful if you're out there trying to do a good job and you've been doing it for a while and you've, you've built these trusted relationships all these agencies start springing up and and and, and just spouting all that this stuff and and look you know some of them might be great they really might be they, you know they but we, we we've just said look there's this deluge of stuff going on and we just don't really want to participate in in that yeah. and so we've decided to kind of step away from the word agency but also be reflective on our business and how we're set up and what we're saying to clients and how we're building trust and how we're winning 
you know, um, business. And none of our businesses, all, all of our businesses, done on referral. Mm. We, we've never really run an ad in in our lives, um, and we probably, hopefully, will never have to. Um, and so, ho hopefully, that helps explain really like where where we're positioning our business. Um, kind of going forward. You got anything to add to that? No, I think I think it's just important, mm. that, as you said, like there's a partnership element there. We, a, a traditional agency relationship is always a bit at arm's length and a bit removed from results, whereas we sort of find that we and all our all our team they all care like personally about the results that generated each day for these clients. That's really important, and I don't think that the way we operate. Having seen it from client side as as well as agency side, we don't quite fit into that normal agency mould, um, which is a good and a bad thing. It means we're quite high touch, and sometimes that's annoying for clients because we want to be really involved in their business. Um, but at the same time, that's what keeps our good clients involved. Any person that thinks they just want a digital agency is probably not the right client for us. They want somebody who's more of a partner, who's wants to be more involved in the business, give their guidance and debate stuff. Um, if you're just looking for a simple agency, we might not be the right person for you. So yeah. it doesn't make sense for us to use that word. I think it's um, such a fascinating landscape um, because Sel and I didn't build this agency in a sort of typical way where we came from marketing school and went through agency land and, and did all that sort of stuff. We created it very organically um, and we actually didn't have any agency experience or anything like that. So I felt like we created something that was quite unique and we were having staff come into our business from agency land that kind of couldn't quite work out how we <laughs> sort of ran our business and they gave us some really good advice and then some things we kind of, you know, stuck with our in our lane on. Um, but I feel like from connecting with you guys, you guys seem to be the only similar um, service that we sort of felt was logical and that's um, being fully fully integrated in, in a client's business and, and really understanding what their overall corporate goals are and like uh, where um, helping them structure their marketing and, and then helping them deliver on, on executing a lot of their um, marketing channels as well and I just when I start looking outside and looking at what other agencies do I, re I really don't feel like they they do partner like you said yeah. um, with the client as much or really care as much about um, you know whether they are being effective in what they're doing other than just looking at I guess vanity metrics and going yeah, yeah we're yep. just increasing a whole bunch of traffic to your side yeah. and yeah this and that and we're doing our job and yeah. pay us the money and I think that um there are a lot of traps out there, unfortunately, for businesses like that are looking for support or, or a partner to help them with their marketing because it seems to be one thing that businesses really do kind of struggle yeah. with. By far the most frustrating aspects that I've had with staff that have come to us have been from that traditional agency where client comes in and says they have X amount of dollars and they just go, cool, do this, this and this. And we sit with the staff member and go, how will that make them more money? Like they've come to us with a problem, their business wants to make more money. And that's the only reason why someone's really coming to you. Can you help us market it? And you told them all these things that will look great and attractive on a computer and a piece of paper and really sexy lingo with all crazy abbreviations that none of them understood. All they want to know is, will this make me money? Yeah. And you can't answer that question. So why did you bother wasting their time? That That is above all else the thing that kills me the most about where I see 
people unfortunately go to places, they get sold this great smoke and mirrors, shiny dream, and at the end of it, they sit there going, what did I get? Like, what was the actual outcome of the time, the money, the resources, which you guys own businesses outside of just the agency. You know how hard it is when you're spending money on a tangible product and then you're putting money to get that product into people's hands or eyeballs and then the flip happens and all that time is wasted. It's brutal. It's like a brutal thing. So I think um, obviously knowing the boys, how much they care, which is why they get integrated. But at the same time, it's not as an agency point of view, they're not not the best way to be profitable mm. from an agency point of view because, you, as Nate said, it's high touch, which means a lot of your time and resources is going into guiding and coaching and working, which is what it should be. It's just that most people don't want that. They just want quick dollars, easy wins, mm. move on to the next, churn and burn. I think some sometimes the answer to the question as well is what is a you know agencies don't don't want to don't want to answer it, which is <clears throat> it's not it's not time to d- to do it yet. You know, it's not yeah. time to embark on digital marketing yet, yeah. um, and and that's why you know we we like a lot of other agencies. We ask for access to data and blah blah blah. But on on many occasions now, we've actually said, you know what, don't don't do anything with anybody yet. Go and fix this. Go and sort that out. You need more inventory there. Your conversion rate's too low. X, Y, and Z. And and normally, you know, and I think some of that conversation comes with experience too. Yeah. If you guys run multiple other businesses too, you know, when the, sometimes when the phone rings, I think agencies go, "We got to answer it." Okay, here's a proposal. Yeah. It's actually sometimes that's not the answer. The answer is fix a bunch of that other stuff, then come back and talk to us in three months. For sure. And and you know, that's again a trust thing, you know, but it's also an experience thing. And you said something miles about staying in your lane and stuff like that. We we tend not to. We tend to overreach <laughs> a little bit and. You know, maybe put some noses out of joint, but we've got thick skin too. You know, we don't have all the answers. We're not perfect, so someone can certainly the client can talk to us and go, "Hey, I don't know that. That's cool. We can we can do that as well." So I think that sharing information and and having ongoing debate about things, theories and hypotheses around what's going to work and what's not working, um, that's really important for us too. So sometimes, yeah, not everyone wants us to comment on things we're not involved in. But we think we've got a pretty valid point of view a lot of the time. Tell us a bit more about the thick skin side of stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone could have gone through the journey you boys have. Um, and we're, we're quite a few years short of you guys um, within the digital journey where abuse is rife. Um, staff sometimes absolutely copper hiding from, from clients. You do have to have thick skin in any business. But particularly in this business, I feel... You have to understand things change and adapt so much, and people people are expecting miracles. They also often. they really don't understand. They don't yeah. understand, but they expect a miracle. So they just are saying, "You'll tell them exactly how this will go." And even though you've told it, said it, delivered it, proposal, everything, they can still come back and just go, "You guys are fucked." Like X Y Z, and you're just like, obviously, you can't sit there just like punching on with people you have mm. to sit down keep you calm explain what the situation is sometimes they're not the right fit as a business sometimes they are the right fit but you just have to go through that that journey a lot of a lot of time as well like a lot of clients think that if they it's kind of like if i buy the nutrition plan i should have abs right yeah it's like yeah, of course yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. if i get this agency on board and i pay them whatever money i should just expect that money is just yeah. appearing mm. in my bank account yeah, it's a, it's a and point. they actually don't do anything yeah. on their side um, I read this quote the other day and actually 
I won't go there. I'll, I'll try and find it on my phone while, <laughs> while you guys are talking. But um, it was really good. And it was yeah. kind of like um, speaking about, I'll do everything on my, mm. I'll do everything on my part to, to, to try and get you as good a results as possible, but I don't know what you're doing. So I can guarantee what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. but I can't guarantee what you're going to do. Again, you know, I think for us, there's, the, it, it, for any agency out there or consultant, it's incumbent on them to look at the bigger picture and not just go, okay, well, we're going to switch a bunch of stuff on it, so it's all going to work. Um, because there's a, there's a bunch of other stuff that you're referring to there, whether it's inventory, whether it's pricing, whether it's the digital experience that all impacts um, anybody's ability to, to, to scale and, and to create change. But on your point on, on thick skin cell, you know, we it's a it's a big thing i mean for us it's not necessarily thick skin but it's honesty Mm -hmm. you know again like we're we're pretty we're pretty blunt with each other and we're pretty upfront and blunt with members of our team because well one we're we're pretty busy and that's the the quickest and most effective way to communicate and as long as that's done with respect yeah um we think that's the best way to communicate with clients with staff you know I mean, Nathan and I can probably be a little bit more blunt with each other than everyone else, which again, I think is a good a sign of a good partnership, right? Through through the fun stuff as well as the more difficult stuff. I so think that's, yeah. that's, that's so true. I was um, with my grandparents yesterday and they're very European, Croatian. And they said to me, oh, how's Cell going? Because they always ask every week. They're good. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Do you guys ever argue? And I said, never. <laughs> and they're like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, why don't you argue? Because they're super fired up. And I'm like, because we just talk. Like, yeah. we are super honest and open with each other. Like, he knows what I don't like when I don't like it. I know yeah. what he doesn't like when he doesn't like it. And we move on. And it's like, yeah. so I think that's sort of leads us to where Sel and I wanted to take this discussion, which is about partnerships and what makes a good partnership. Because a lot of the time people say, don't get into a partnership. It's terrible. It's bad. It's bad news. Like, But what is it for you guys that you think um, works? And then for those out there who are kind of doing it tough on their own and feel like they need a partner, who should they look for? And so We said it before. We, we thought before we got in this journey, it's trust. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you could sit there in business for, what, six years and, and not look at the person opposite you and know... We might not disagree on everything. We might have different ways of doing stuff, and and but I just trust that. I think the same. Just trust that everything is at least with good intentions and honest and fair and that and that sort of stuff. I think that that's been the biggest thing. You're not going to bed at night going, I wonder what that person's doing behind my back and that sort of yeah. stuff. I've got none of that, and that's just that is just that's a big thing to worry about, and one thing we don't have to worry about. So I think I think just trusting the person is is the most important thing. I think even if um we we didn't get along. I think we still trust each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you can still, it, it helps It helps that we're really good mates, but um, I think even if we weren't, we, we, we'd know each other, look at in square, square in the eye and say, I, I trust this person and mm. we don't have to agree on everything, but yeah. Was it time and understanding how each other worked that allowed you to build trust for each other? Was it hard times that you guys got through? Yeah, like, fully yeah, actually. It, yeah. It, it was actually, yeah. I mean, it was exactly that because... You know, the, the history of Periscope's not always been an easy one. Like a lot of startups, um, you know, we went through <clears throat> some early times where there was uh, there was other people involved in the business. That was extremely, extremely um, stressful and frustrating. Um, but, you know, we washed through all of that and we were kind of side by side throughout, throughout that whole process. <clears throat> and I think that was one thing that helped forge that um and then, you know, I think for us too, you know, there was a mixture of that friendship 
um, component kind of blended in there. Um, and then Nathan's style of comms and my style of comms, it's just very, very kind of open and, and frank. And I think um, that was a good match. Um, I don't think, <clears throat> you know, to answer your question, Miles, you know, around if there's a, a, somebody out there solo who's looking for a partner, I don't necessarily think that's essential, but I think your ability to communicate really, really openly and clearly, just like what you guys can. I think that's one of the most important things in any partnership, uh, even outside of, you know, whether you um, have got somewhat complementary skills or, you know, um, I think that that the ability to communicate and be honest with each other, I think, is is one of those 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 key things. Do you guys have a good cop, bad cop? We, we do, but yeah. do you know what? Over, over time, that's changed, it right? Has, isn't it? Yeah. Because... I was always bad cop because I was just like, I don't know, maybe it's the Scottish blood and it's just like, okay, we're going to sort this thing out. You're going to go and do that. You, you know, you're going to come out with blood on your hands here, Martin. You know, But that, that's actually changed over time too. We've found our way through you know, different situations where Nate's gone, you know what, I think I'm, I'm going to go and do the difficult part of this. And, you know, um, so yeah, I mean, that's been an interesting mm. kind of journey for us too. Yeah. <clears throat> If you if you guys were going to refer to yourself as a partnership, like a famous partnership, what would be like the personalities that would fit? Miles always says that me and him are like Jimmy and Dre. Yeah, I I just think 100%. it's because they're black and white. So that, that's where he just it's jumped not. on that. It's not. <laughs> no, I'm joking. He Ma he Martin does. always refers to me as the Jay Z and him as the Beyonce. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not sure. I I've <laughs> never heard that before. I, I was going to say the same thing. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to intercept what I was probably thinking anyway. But <laughs> the Bonnie and Clyde 2.0. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Nothing jumps yeah. to mind straight away. Yeah. I'd, I'd definitely be it'd be some kind of crime orientated kind of partnership though. Yeah. yeah. Some something something there. Yeah. I think where people might go wrong and um, we've experienced this ourselves as well as maybe jumping into a partnership per se a bit too quickly before knowing who that other person really is because you kind of don't know someone to that level unless you're in the trenches with them, mm. right? Um, and once you've sort of gone that far, it's, uh, it's a difficult situation when you one day wake up and realise, fuck, I don't want to be in the trenches with this person or this person's not actually in the trenches with me or the they've got a little knife behind their back, yeah. Yeah. you know, and it's happened, it's happened a lot yeah, too. It's it like um, the, di the difference for Sel and I, and this is kind of more as a reference for those listening who, who may be thinking of getting into a partnership is just take our experience not to, not to rush it. And uh, for Sel and I, we train jujitsu. There's nothing more kind of honest than martial arts, right? Um, and you guys are, you know, you're, you're physically like fighting each other every day. And we did that for over a year. And at the time I had a, an information and experience advantage over Cell, right? So he didn't necessarily have a great morning every single morning. And sometimes I would see how far I could push it and to see what his response was. And every time he's like, fuck yeah, this is great. Let's go again. I want to mm. learn again. Hey, are you going to be here tomorrow? Yep, I'll be here tomorrow. And you start to really understand what that person is like. And so that for us, that was our little sort of like test, I mm. guess. Yeah. Um, and then also he became a client of the original agencies and I saw him going through his own partnership issues and business issues. And I was like, man, this guy's getting through. I can see what he's like going through fires. Um, and, you know, he, he understood what I was like as well. So I think that that... Um, we were able to identify each other's values and, and what values um, connected 
Yeah. Um, and that allowed us to understand, oh, yeah, cool, we're going to be in a good partnership together yeah. and yeah. very honest. If you can see adversity early, that if, if you can find it, adver- you boys had it through the surf stitch, mm. probably transition. So you yep. probably knew what each other were like under the blowtorch mm. a lot quicker than what other people would be. And I've had a small experience of looking at like what IPO life would be like, like a transition to it. Um, it looks fucked. <laughs> in in multiple ways so you boys going through that ringer um working side by side probably showed very quickly how you would deal with pressure you find out a lot about people when things are bad Be- when things are good everyone's good like it's mm. just like oh it's rosy it's fun it's and that's you never actually find out truly what someone's like until shit properly hits the fan and unfortunately, most people don't get to see what that's like until they're already in the business with yep. the person. Then yep. shit hits the fan and then they're looking at it like, I didn't know you were like this. Like, mm. And then unfortunately, um, through sometimes my own experience and I've seen other people go through it, that's when you're like, oh, fuck. Like I really now am in this. No different to a marriage. Mm. I would actually argue that it's harder unwinding business partnerships than it is unwinding if you were going through a divorce unless you have kids that could be another situation but <laughs> it's it's tough it's a it's a really tough situation if you get it wrong so kind yeah. of feels like that though yeah. right the business is like the kid in, in it, a sense exactly you know? yeah like yeah in a sense man it's a it's a tough one and the the thing that i think that i've noticed the most that i appreciate the most about within a partnership is if Everyone, if you have trust and you know that everyone is working as hard as they possibly can for the same end outcome, everything kind of works itself out. The times where it feels like at some stage, oh, you're doing more than the other yeah. person and that other person is like like narky or nipping or and you're just like, we all want the same outcome at mm. the end of the day. We all want prosperity, success, wealth to yep. pass down legacy. But when you feel like someone goes off track and it may be more about themselves be it i want fame or limelight or whatever it may be or like i'm doing more than you so i want more money and it becomes about money as soon as the those other shiny things come into the picture that's when i've noticed things have gone fairly pear-shaped yeah I, i agree with that um and i think you know just picking up what you said miles you know this idea around values a a big big thing for me because you beat me to it there as well so you know um prosperity, freedom to be able to do stuff. Um, they're, they're all things that we, we're looking for. But big thing I ask myself, you know, from a partnership point of view is how, how bad how bad does the other person want it? Do, exactly. Do, do they want it as badly as me too? You know, um, and I know Nathan and I, we're, we're privileged enough to be able to hang out and just have beers together and we got friendship too. Um and, you know, as a result of all of that, I understand, you know, I know his family, I know what he wants to achieve. And, yep. and you, but a, a big, big thing for me is how, how bad do you want it? You I know? agree. If that yeah. other person wants it as bad as you, then that's another good indicator that, um, yeah. you know. And then flip to that also with how bad they want it. You boys also know each other's families. And mm-hmm. I, it doesn't seem like it, but the family also plays probably just an equal part of it. Like I know Miles' partner, Holly. I know Miles wants kids in the future. I want his kids to have the same level of dreams and admiration as my own kids. Like you want it just for as much for the personal part of the other side of the family because they that's their partner as well in yeah. life. So you want to see the family do just as well. And I always refer to things as a family. So I know within this journey I'll get to know 
Nate's family, we'll get to know Martin's family, and then you want to see them do well. Like, it, it's just natural yep. because the extension is soon enough. I'm hoping we're all going to be old, grey and retired and then kicking back, doing fun stuff, <laughs> plan some trips. But then you want the kids to be able to get the runoff of what you had worked hard for. So that that's just an equal important part to me. Yeah, yeah I think it's sort of about inspiring the kids too. Yeah. I don't want to hand them a... You know, a, a golden whatever when when they get to sixteen or something like yeah. that. You want them to be able to look at their parents and stuff, and 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 the people that the parents associate with, and say those guys all work hard. I get it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that that's really important as well. That our families look at what we're doing and are sort of proud of it, and we'll reap the benefits of it too. Hundred percent. Sel brought up something before, and and when he was talking about the partnership and um, used the word fair, and uh, it's a discussion that I've had a lot, and even with my partner Holly. <clears throat> and um, Holly always talks about like it's not fair and uses the term fair and I don't believe that anything is really fair in this life what is what do you guys think about fairness and like when we're talking about a partnership and things like that do things need to be fair or well, I typically like agree with my wife when things come to fairness so <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with you yeah <laughs> uh, you know what yeah I think they do um we've We've been on a journey and we've recognised where things have been maybe out of kilter or out of whack um, and we've addressed them because, you know, we're a true kind of partnership. We want it be to, to be truly balanced. And so I think it's important because you can just look at your, your partner and say, you know what, we're, we're doing exactly this, this thing together. Um, and I think that's important to get that... Um, energy and that enthusiasm and that that fairness um from from the other individual involved so i i i i personally believe that fairness and that, that transparency and that balance is is key yeah my view is like um it's it's similar to like the illusion of work-life balance there's not one or the other it's kind of like one is up sometimes and the other mm. is down yeah. and then you can switch them over depending on what you sort of need at that particular time and similar to what Cell was talking about sometimes I'm just down Cell has an incredible immune system never gets sick mm. I get fucked all the time mm. and if I go down he steps up you know what I mean and if he yeah. ever says hey I need this done I can step up mm. and I, I think like um, if you're out there and you're kind of you know, worried about what your partner's doing because you're doing a lot similar to what Sel was talking about because you think things need to be fair and stuff. Maybe just sort of like remove the idea of fairness and just sort of um, think about where that balance is at and just openly communicate with your partner and make sure yeah. things are... I mean, I think, I think on that, you know, whilst we believe in fairness, there's this... I mean, we, we, I think we, we move in rhythm with each other mm. like every year i go to the uk for five weeks so nate's mm. just got to run the place yeah i work yeah. remotely you know nate travels to brazil um with it with his family i've got to pick up the slack on that um there's there's times where my energy is a bit lower yep. so nate's got to just kind of naturally run you know or yeah, i had to happens. go to the dentist this morning no. <laughs> <laughs> no but you know so yeah we believe in fairness but we also believe like i got you covered yep. yeah you know yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. yeah that's there's what it's all about there's also the aspect of understanding whoever you're getting into partnership with you also have to understand where they're at in life for example when me and miles first got into a partnership i was having my first kid at mm. the time so he was nine months and psychotic so i, I wasn't sleeping for like endless stretches of periods and that was just where i was at 
at life and so the weekends I used to be that person that there were no weekends and I'd just work 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 and just output 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 then I had a kid I was like oh like I don't get that anymore like that's no longer a thing like Saturday and Sundays are for the kids to look after them to give gender rest and so forth and having someone that understands wherever you are in your personal life as well is is super important because if you're single per se and you don't have family of course you're going to be able to work till late at night but you can't sit there holding it against your business partner like hey like i did 20 hours today and you did 12 or 10 or whatever it is and you have to go watch your kid play soccer or something like that so if as long as you've got a fair understanding of what the other person's doing on the other side Mm -hmm. of of life it tends to make make an understanding very easy because at some stage you'll probably swap yeah where soon that person may be going through family life or vice versa and you have to be be willing and able to pick each other up when they're going through their other side of things exactly what we found and and yeah and that's that's one of the joys i think of our partnership is it's exactly that you Mm. know it's um like i said you know i feel i got i'm covered and you know and nathan's energy's low as it has been over the last couple of weeks (laughs) (laughs) Um, it didn't look low on friday he was cheering that time of year man (laughs) so let's talk about that so we've just come out of uh or we're going through still uh or this whole Black Friday period. And I know that you guys have had a lot of success with your clients over this time period. And I know you guys work with um, a lot of established businesses. G- give us some advice or, or tell us sort of what you're seeing out there at the moment in terms of business um, and the, the, the businesses that are doing well. What is the difference or what is it about those businesses in particular and their, what they're focusing on or what they're doing right that makes them more successful? I'd say one of the, one of the biggest things, like overall, put, put Black Friday and stuff aside, one yeah. of the biggest things that we find is often it's founder-led businesses or people with a shit ton of energy and passion for what they do. It's not, it's not always that they know everything about what we do or about how the business works, stuff like that, but people, people with the right energy are the ones that we sort of connect with um, and we find that they're the most exciting clients to have and to work on and their businesses do better. I think we support and plug in that way. But I think that's probably the, the key thing we see amongst businesses that we work with that do really well is energy and, and, and their passion for what they do. And that's something that goes back to that thing of we've got to connect with the people that we work with. And I think that those are the people we connect with and we can be inspired by. It doesn't matter if they're a really small business, we can see their work and their effort and, and their ideas and stuff. And we're like, that's, that's inspiring. Like some of those businesses are much smaller than Periscope. Yeah. But that is something we sort of strive to connect with and it works. And then those are the businesses that we see do well in our experience of all agencies and, and even client-side stuff. It's a passionate, energetic like leader in the business is the key thing which seems to spit out dollars and profits for them at the end. Yeah, we got some great examples of, of clients that have exactly that um, inspirational, energetic founder I think in addition to that, like the, you know, I guess the types of businesses they're running and what we're seeing from them right now, you know, many of those are direct consumer brands. They're brands that have decided not to distribute their product to any wholesale partners, rightly or wrongly. Um, And they've created their own communities, you know, within those businesses. Um, And they're just doing like this year, I think last year was it was weird, right? Because coming off Black, Black Friday, Saturday, Monday, just post COVID, you know, it was a funny time of year. This year, we've just seen this incredible, um, incredible kind of um, trading 
patents throughout November, particularly from some of those direct consumer businesses that you can only buy the product directly from them. You know, there's been examples of them closing down their websites and creating hype. Um, it feels like whilst those businesses are really young and passionate and enthusiastic, they're super dialed in on their data. They know exactly about their customer acquisition costs. They know exactly about their customer lifetime value. Um, and they're really clear on, on, on all of that stuff. They're also really, really socially enabled. You know, talking to the guys that, you know, produce a lot of kind of content. Um, but, you know, they have brilliant um, social narrative, really agile. They're turning stuff around really quickly. Um, and on top of that, as Nath mentioned, they've just got this kind of enthusiasm and this energy running down from the top. Like, we were privileged enough to... Um, be up at um, LSKD. Yep. Um, and I won't talk to you about any of the numbers, but like they had shut their site down for a couple of days. They opened it up at 6 p.m. But like the enthusiasm and the energy, there was all the staff were there, the crew were there. Everyone was on the tools that needed to be on the tools. And it was just one of the most impressive things I've seen in the last two, three years. It really was. And I think for me, that's a perfect example of a business where Jace, who runs it, is this incredible, energetic, like, get shit done leader. And that energy and enthusiasm has cascaded into all of his people. And they've got, they've built this brilliant community. The product's great. The brand, they're, they're you know, and they, um, it was quite incredible to watch how that all unfolded. So that, that for me, was one of the biggest take-homes of 2022 um, in, in, in terms of an impressive client doing great shit. Yeah, far out. It's so fascinating. Like, for those of you who are just listening to that, it's like people are just searching for like this blueprint or like they this this particular ad strategy or mm. you know this particular you know business foundation strategy. But what you guys are really saying is the key is that 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 enthusiasm that's led from the top, which oozes down into creating this amazing culture that then mm. people mm. end up resonating with your brand and wanting to buy from you. Well, essentially, I mean, it's, pro it's probably a great example, right? Because Jason, he's been at that business for like 15 years or something. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, the energy and enthusiasm piece is, is, a, is a component of it. Surprise it hasn't worn off after all that time. Well, well. Yeah, but yeah, and I don't think it was always easy for him yeah. either. You know, it's really over the last kind of four years or mm -hmm. so that that brand blown up globally. So maybe... Let's have a word with him, see if we can get him on your next, your next <laughs> yeah, podcast. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really good. On top of that stuff, there's a lot of unsexy stuff we did, like planning. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we, 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 so much data to plan, especially with all the weird years on years and those, those sorts of things we've just been through. That planning piece was super important for us. And we had a, clients of ours generally had a pretty good Black Friday. It didn't always go to plan, but the plan was there mm -hmm. yeah. to work off, which was, which was really, really important and way less sexy than jumping around and, yeah, watching watching dollars tick over. But well, tell tell people about that plan because when anytime maybe they get confused by the word, but when we say to a client or whoever it may be, we even had a podcast about it just called strategy, which was just about like creating a map pathway, whatever you want to call it, to deliver an end outcome. And anytime we've said it, a lot of times people are just like ah, oh, not paying for that. And I'm just like, if someone said to you today, hey, drive to Darwin. What would, you, what would be the first thing you would do? You would type it into Google Maps or Apple Maps or whatever, Darwin, and it would tell you where to go. And you'd go, well, cool, it's going to take me four days. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I'm eventually going to get there. That's a strategy. Whereas people are willing to just go, no strategy, hopping into a business. I don't know how I'm going to get whatever my goal is. 
and then just say, oh, it didn't work. And then just go, well, that was fucked. Like, and not even reflect or work out how to plan or put things together. Do you guys, how, what's the journey that you guys take people through to create their strategy to deliver, obviously, these, I mean, these great outcomes? I, th- I think the biggest piece is there's no cookie-cutter approach yeah. to it. Every single client has different challenges and different strengths and weaknesses where we've got to try and navigate that. Um, we we look, at, look, at, look at a lot of data and see what the actual goals are. Some clients don't care about new customer. They just want revenue in. Some only care about new customer. So it's looking at how they've done before. It, it's good... Black Friday and stuff usually gives us a bit of a decent chunk of history to look at over the last four or five years, whatever. Um, so I think just taking that into account of what they, their goals need to be, putting forward like this is what we think we're going to get there with and here's the different metrics we're going to use. It, for, for an event like that, it might be different to the usual metrics. It could be completely different. Um, and everything's got we, – we typically plan like by day and we're talking to clients twice mm-hmm. daily during that period because it, that's exciting for us. I mean, things move quickly. Like not all year you can – spend some money on, in Google, for example, and, and data comes through and we're changing things and an hour later it's making an impact. I mean, you were there on Friday afternoon, right? Like, that's that's the vibe. Like, yeah. it, it's it's everyone's up and into it and that, that's the kind of thing we like in the office. Um, but the planning that, that gets us before that is way less sexy and it's often heads in spreadsheets and stuff like that and presenting plans and debating outcomes and, yeah. and that sort of stuff. I, I just wouldn't say... It's got to be like custom, yeah. custom built. But, yeah. but but a big thing, big thing again for us is like normally when we get a you know a, a new client inquiry, we'll we'll ask a bunch of questions, and quite often the client doesn't have the answers to the questions, and that's quite revealing. We we don't we don't do it to feel good about ourselves, but we do it just because we got to learn about the business, we understand what's going on, and then quite often that leads itself into one, well, you know, what is the plan in March? You know, because inventory, the, the plan on inventory looks low. There's nothing in the marketing calendar. You know, so there's 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 a joined up partnership there where we you know we get into th- that work and, and quite often that leads it leads on to us actually working closely with the client what the plan is, for example, in in March, and then underpinned by all that data and all that modelling that we we do as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking speaking to Friday, I will say that I I have been to a lot of businesses over this period on our side owning other side doing marketing was a really cool vibe really really cool vibe and for that matter it was you guys and staff all staff were there cheering for the clients which i know may not seem like much to the person that's not within a marketing agency or anything but generally speaking like it, although you're marketing for clients a lot of people are doing it for self gratification and lots of that your guys team was genuinely really really buzzing for the mm. results of the clients um which was really really cool to see because it's 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 nice like it, to be honest even being on the marketing side you can become jaded by hearing the shit stories and thinking that there's all these like smoke and mirror places that aren't actually delivering end outcomes and all these different types of things which i can definitely say wasn't the case um apart from Nathan's racket, that he was taking money from the staff. But yeah. I, w- I was also quite impressed by that too. So the whole thing was, yeah, it was yeah, a great I appreciate you saying that, so. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about um, sort of the narrative that might be out there a little bit as well uh, about not taking on board a, a, an agency and uh, if you're scaling to insource a lot of these types of activities? What, what would you guys say about that? I, I think it's, look, it, it's an option. Mm. Um, I think it depends on 
the size and shape of your business and the type of activity it, um, you know that it, they're going to participate in from a, a digital um, advertising perspective. In some cases, it would make it makes sense. In some cases, it doesn't. Um, you know, I think we 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 hear it a bit when we hear oh, you know, like a, a client. Um, they're going to get somebody in. They're going to get a digital marketing practitioner in. And when we hear that, we're like, okay, that, that, that's difficult because we know that the, the depth some of our specialist practitioners go into within paid search, the depth that and the experience some of them have got within paid social, email, conversion rate optimization, affiliate marketing, n no one can cover all of those kind of competently. It'd be very difficult to even cover two of them yeah. really, really well. And so... You know, I think that there's pros and cons. You know, there's getting a human being in your office or working on your brand 100%. That's the in-source kind of component. I guess uh, for business owners, I'd be asking yourself the question, um, what's the complexity of the business? You know, what type of growth outcomes do you think you're, you're looking for? Because, you know, th th there may well be a case to engage in an agency to say, well, I'm going to do two of those channels and I want it done really well. D you know, does that agency have evidence that they're doing it at that scale for you know exciting clients? Um, who are those people? Meet them, find out you know how much experience have they had, you know what makes them tick? Are they good human beings? Um, I think all, all of those things are really important to us, and we we try and expose those to clients along the way. You know we don't have account managers in our business because we don't want a needless kind of layer of a, an account manager who doesn't really know a lot. We plug the practitioners right into clients sometimes. Um, or sorry, all the time. Sometimes that bamboozles the clients a bit. We're like, okay, you know, dial it back a bit. But so look, th there's pros and cons. Um, but you know, we we th we think that um, you know that approach of getting the specialist individuals plugged into clients is 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 important. Tell us about the culture of of Periscope and and what things you guys do within your business to you know make sure that. You know the staff are happy. You guys, the business is continuing to progress. Um, you guys mentioned that you um, aren't super visible online. Maybe like you don't have Instagram and stuff like that. You don't no. post as much. Like um, it's more of a referral thing. We just don't have time. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have yeah, the resource to plug into our stuff when everyone's looking after client stuff. Which yep. is, yeah. That's something that we used to pride ourselves on a lot. We didn't have a website for like six years. Yeah, I think we've still got <laughs> a very basic That's pretty crap. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the last time I looked at it, but yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of the staff, I mean, the first thing is trying to recruit good people. We, through all the, we talked about some of the negative times, the, the down times in Periscope, through that it was, I wouldn't hear on heart say we were a great place to work. But in the last sort of three, four years, um, even more recently, like, I think we're, we're developing a great culture and that's not, just led by us. You know I mean, we've got a lot of pe people in the now been with us for, for some time and the way they work um, and the way they play sort of agrees with our fundamental beliefs and what we like. We had an idea when we started an agency that, well, not using that word, but <laughs> we started Periscope that um, the stuff we like, we like beers in the fridge and music playing and, you know, take your birthday off and simple things like that. We don't need to overcomplicate it. Yep. I think everyone who comes to us likes our approach and, and sort of they've got a bit of that bit of us in them as well. Yeah. They, we screen each other pretty well through any interviewing process and stuff like that. So the ones that land with us are generally now the right ones. Um, and that culture, I don't think we can force it. Um, I don't think we can make everyone hold hands and sing. I think it's a bit like it's almost like being, they're all partners in there, right? Whether or not in business or not, they're, they're in the trenches together. So those guys have got to connect and click and, and be able to work together and enjoy each other's company. 
And I think it, it's an evolution rather than making it happen. It, it happens over time. But it's it's a simple thing. We, we think we're, we're a fun place to work. Um, not too fun. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've taken simple things. Like, yeah, like beers in the fridge and finish early on Fridays and stuff like that. And and I think they get too that we get pulled – we're in the trenches too. Yeah. You know what I mean, we're mm. not sitting there on some t- tower saying everyone gets stuff done. Yeah. Everyone – no matter what level, we'll muck in and, and get stuff done. I, I think, think that's really important. I think that's a really important point, particularly when there's a problem, because stuff doesn't always go right for us, right? Yeah. You know, and I think one one of the reasons I think we've, we've built great businesses, we can res- respond to problems quickly. Mm-hmm. And we can also be honest with the client and go, that, that was our fault, we, we didn't do that right, or whatever it might be. Um, but I think one of the biggest things is when there is a problem and the shit's hit the fan, you'll find Nathan and I on the call with the client yeah. alongside, um, you know, the team, to get it done, flush out the problem until it's done, fix it, and then move on with our lives. So I think when if the crew feel supported like that, I think that's an important thing. We were having a chat with uh, Toby Pierce on the last uh, podcast, and he was talking about team members needing to both fit into a culture and also produce good results. You can't have a person at either extreme. So you can't have someone that is really good in the culture but doesn't produce any results or someone that produces a lot of results but doesn't fit in the culture yep. they just don't don't fit do you yep. guys sort of feel that way as well do you have you had to make any decisions where someone might be a gun at a particular channel but they just have not fit in with the culture and you've had to sort of let them go is, have you had any experiences like that yeah look i mean we, we've had we've had people who've been great at what they do but um they've they've either just been been different i don't think everyone needs to race to the fridge and open a beer at four yeah. o'clock on a Friday. Not that we finish it. We actually finish at three on a Friday. But um, <laughs> So, yeah, you know, but um, what we found, frankly, is we've had great people in, but they've just turned out to be dickheads. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's not, and, you know, they, they, like I say, you know, it's not, there's necessarily a culture thing. It's just they've, they've just, um, they've either been arrogant or, you know, they, um, they haven't been a team player. And so we, 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 we're pretty good at trying to filter those people but i mean an interview process is you only find out very little about somebody it's it's kind of crazy isn't it but um we we try and i we try and pinpoint those people and we weed them out pretty quickly now cell and i once um had someone that we interviewed and i've been trying to reflect um and i can't remember that the time it was a while ago now where we interviewed them for a um you know a paid ad role or a performance manager role and we flew them up from melbourne and housed them up here and I realized in week one they didn't know how to set up a Facebook ad (laughs) I don't know how they got through the (laughs) the interviewing process (laughs) but some uh, some people are just master bullshitters (laughs) absolutely master bullshitters so um I've even felt like it kind of comes also back down to that partnership chat you you don't even know what they're like until they're (laughs) they're in there with you you know another important part for us is you know our crew and our team are, are really important, but clients are important too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm, we're kind of proud to say that we, we fired the odd client for, for being a dickhead uh, because if our people have to deal with a company who's toxic or is in a toxic individual, then we, we, we're not really that interested. Um, it's such an important, you know, important part of coming to work, mm-hmm. working with your colleagues, but also servicing businesses too. So, um, yeah, we, we try and weed those ones out too. Have you felt that way even though... Have you been in a um, situation maybe earlier on in the Periscope days where, you know, every client was imperative to your 
course, you know? yeah. Yeah, but yeah. We, at the same time, like when you see no one wants to work on that client uh-huh. and that client is, whether it's rude or just ill-informed, whatever it's going to be, it's it's not worth us losing four people yep. over mm-hmm. one client. Do you know what I mean? Regardless of how profitable they are, because yep. that infects the whole office. So, no, we, we, we've we've had to make some tough decisions like that, and it's, it's not because it's literally not because we're arrogant. They they'd find a, another agency or, or service provider that will fit them better, yep. which is cool. Like, and then just having the confidence that you will replace them, someone else will come, and they'll be a better fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is you know. Up to them. We found we found that a lot, um, and even back in the day where every every client mattered, um, meaning that if we didn't have, you know, the, the every single client on at that particular time, we'd be in real financial strife. But um, it just it's funny how the world works that way, or how your energy changes and you sort of find yourself in a position where you just you you get what you need at that particular mm. time, and you make the decision to to fire a client, even though it's going to really you know. Put you in a put you in a bad space for a while, yep. and then all of a sudden that energy sort of brings you, you yeah. know, more clients, yeah, all that sort of stuff. It's yeah. funny how the world works like that. Boys, we got another meeting <laughs> together, <laughs> together. But with that said, there's actually I've been wanting to ask you guys this a question. We always finish the podcast with like question from a client side or friend, customer, whoever it may be, and I actually reached out to a few people. And because you work on so many cool brands, one of the questions, and I'll ask it to both of you guys, um, and you may get in trouble for picking, but what is your favourite brand, um, either that you've worked on, that you just personally like, that um, you vibe with, or you've actually even put together yourself and maybe one of your own brands? Do you have a favourite brand and what is, and the reason why it's your favourite brand? It's like picking a favourite kid, mate. Exactly. It's a hard <laughs> one, isn't it? I it's easy be, for me. Yeah. I, I can go first. Look, I mean, <laughs> I just feel um, really privileged to have worked with Culture Kings for yep. so long. Homegrown story. Um, great bunch of dudes. An incredible business. Um, the pace the guys move out there, the decisions they've taken, the agility they've still got being a massive company. And, of course, they're a publicly listed company now after the, the broader acquisition. Just getting a front row seat to that has been incredible, but also the role that Periscope's pay, played in that. When we showed up um, four years ago when we first, you know, their their business looked differently in terms of the makeup of traffic. Um, and I'm really proud of the work our crew have done on that. And so that's been a pretty incredible experience nice. um, working on that, that yeah. brand. I refuse to pick one. You refuse? No. That's fair <laughs> enough. I, I Very political. I love, yeah. I love them all equally. <laughs> how, how about a personal brand? As, as in not like one you work for, but like just a personal like Pentagon or, or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, look, I think I think Patagonia has been a very inspirational brand over, yeah. over the years and, and all the all the hype around it recently for the, for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, that's exciting. I, I think there's there's a what lot more. What about Camper is a I've I've been a big fan of Camper over yeah. the years as well. Um but I, I think there's a lot a lot of brands which you know I think what what annoys me more is the brands that become big for no apparent reason. <laughs> Rather than look at the positives, I hate I've got I've got a, a list of brands which I won't Don't name. Say them, yeah. Just I just cannot understand why no, anyone is buying their gear or interested in their products or I just that that baffles me and that that's something I'd I'd love to unlock because I think if you turn these some of these businesses into multi-billion dollar things there's some some magic one thing there because there's nothing unique or special no. about them I, I think that that's that's what annoys me and i don't know what how to crack that code of essentially and 
very unspecial brands that does extraordinary things, which is great for them. Yeah. It just frustrates me to know the knowledge of how it works and yeah. what makes that, that the one versus another one where they seem identical. But yeah. I do find myself asking that question on a few brands. Yeah. 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 Me too sometimes. Yeah. Well, lads, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. We, yep. got a, we got a decent Christmas party coming up in a week and a bit. Martin behind the decks. <laughs> I reckon, I reckon I we'll get, get an invite. Yeah. <sighs> Mate, you missed out. You're missing out on the best deal of the year. DJ DJ Millie on the decks, DJ Joey, Ma- maybe pepperoni, maybe you and I'll sing. Me and Nathan sing. Yeah, on the background track. The opportunity is to say as well how excited we are about the go forward the kind of hype yep. and Periscope and partnership. You guys have been a pleasure to deal with, and I think the attributes we've spoken about in terms of we, we've seen in this short period of time we've been engaging with you guys. We've seen those attributes. Mm. That we we you know we know and love in our partnership in you guys too, and I think that's what's made it such a, a fun and enjoyable thing. So thank you for that as well. No, I appreciate that's you nice. boys, and really appreciate the the trust as you you said because um look let's face it there's there's no way to explicitly know how everything will work in the future. So there is there is a massive level of trust. I think what me and Miles talked about when we very first started chatting with you guys was I knew I had belief or trust that you guys would work as hard as you could to make it work and we would do exactly the same. And I said, if that remains in place, then somehow, some way it will always work out. So, 100%. yeah, stoked. And, and also thanks to everyone who's listening to this that supported Sel and I along our journey yep. um, and will continue to support us through this Periscope journey as well and, and all our brands and stuff. So onwards and upwards, let's yep. go. Thanks, lads. Thanks, boys. Thank you guys thanks for, for having us.